And when you move out in what he has called you to do, my phone won't stay there. When he when he's called you out, when you go out into what he's called you to do, he gives the enabling. Amen. So this morning I am taking us on a little trip. You ready? So we're starting in Exodus three, and Christy said to me. What is, what is it you're speaking on on Sunday? And I said, do you want to know, do you? Everything stinks. <laughs> Can you relate to that? We'll get there, we'll get there, okay? Exodus 3, and we see where Moses is out in the desert with his sheep, minding his own business. And he sees this bush and this bush is just burning and burning and it it should be disappearing but it keeps burning and then he goes over, I must check this out. So he goes over to the bush and then the Lord speaks to him and he tells him that he's going to um, bring the people of Israel out of Egypt out of the bondage that they were in. Now, through that, um, through that beginning, I won't start right there. Um, like he, God just said, God said to him that He was going to use him to rescue the rescue these people, and these people were in terrible slavery, and that they would worship God at that mountain where Moses was right then, where God was speaking to him that God was going to bring the people out and they were going to worship there, that Mount Sinai. So in verse 14, God replied, oh, Moses asked the Lord first, who will I say you are and what is your name? Then what will I tell them? So when he goes to the people and they say, who has told you to come, who will I say? And God said to Moses in verse 14, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. And verse 16, Now go and call together all the elders of Israel, Tell them, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, appeared to me in a burning bush. Now, if you just think about that, that, well, a year right... Oh, sorry, that burning bush just got me off track. If... If you're there, you're telling... You're going to tell these people something awesome and you start with... God spoke to me through a bush. Have you lost these people or what? So, I'm sorry. That's my mad sense of humour. He told me, I've been watching closely and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. So I don't don't want to miss that point. I have been watching closely. He had been seeing what they're going through. I promise to rescue you from the oppression of the Egyptians. I will lead you to the land now occupied by the, here we go, the Canaanites, 
the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. And we're Aussies, that's the Vegemites, a land flowing with milk and honey. Sorry. Now that was the promise from God that he would deliver his people. So jump over to chapter 4. We've sort of gone forward a little bit. Verse 29. So Moses and Aaron returned to Egypt and called the leaders of Israel to a meeting. Aaron told them everything the Lord had told Moses. And Moses performed the miraculous signs as they watched. Remember those signs? He had the rod, the staff in his hand, and he threw it on the ground and it became a snake. Then he took it by the tail, which I can't imagine, but he did. And it turned into the rod again and he was told to put his hand in his cloak and when he pulled it out... Um, his hand was leprous and he put it back in again and it was made whole. So these were miraculous signs. So he showed that to the leaders. And in verse 31, the leaders were soon convinced that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron. And when they realised that the Lord had seen their misery and was deeply concerned for them, they all bowed their heads and worshipped. All good so far. What awesome news. The late, we see them responding. They, they were so relieved that there was going to be hope. Isn't it wonderful when you have that hope there? What a relief. And that their lives were going to be changed. And because this had been their life, day in, day out, under the slavery under that burden, under that bondage, every day that is what was their life. And no one had ever come to them before to tell them that the, like this, that the God who said, I am the one who always is, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of their ancestors, this was the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob was going to deliver them. And it's so great, and it's so great when you receive the promise, isn't it? You say, yes, oh, Lord, that is so amazing. That is so wonderful. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Then what happens? God's promised something. But things don't go along as you thought. You think, right now, I've got that word, yes, it's going to happen. It's not happening. Oh my goodness. Things haven't changed like he said, what he'd spoken to you. And you know the enemy always challenges? He's not going down without a fight. Who has experienced that? But I tell you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you know, the enemy says to you, who do you think you are? And in one of the translations, Pharaoh said that to Moses, who do you think you are? So let's look at um, the next chapter, chapter 5. I'm going to read it here, verse 1. 
verse 1. No, no, no. Verse, verse, Pammy, look what you're doing. Yes, verse 1. <laughs> I've got my phone <laughs> and it's sliding down every time I go to... <laughs> where have you gone? After this presentation to Israel's leaders, Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh. Okay? They told him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says... Let my people go so they may hold a festival in my honour in the wilderness. Is that so? retorted Pharaoh. And that translation, other translation. Hey, I've lost a lot. Hang on. Oh, Daryl. This isn't a good idea, is it? Anyway, <laughs> be patient. Um, Is that so, retorted Pharaoh, and who is the Lord? Why should I listen to him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. But Aaron and Moses persisted. The God of the Hebrews has met with us, they declared. So let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness so we can offer sacrifices to the Lord, our God. If we don't, he will kill us with a plague or with the sword. Pharaoh replied, Moses and Aaron... Moses and Aaron, why are you distracting the people from their tasks? Get back to work. Look, there are many of your people in the land and you are stopping them from their work. So he had other ideas. He didn't, he didn't know God. He didn't know, he didn't believe that God was going to do anything. It was just... Blatantly, no, he wasn't going to um, change what was happening. These people were working for him, slaves though, not actually, you know. They were doing all his work. And so we read then in verse 6 of 5, that same day Pharaoh sent this order to the Egyptian slave drivers and the Israelite foremen, Do not supply any more straw for making bricks. Make the people get it themselves, but still require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That's why they're crying out. Let us go and offer sacrifices to our God. Load them down with more work. Make them sweat. That will teach them to listen to lies. So the slave drivers and foremen went out and told the people, this is what Pharaoh says, I will not provide any more straw for you. Go and get it yourselves. Find it wherever you can, but you must produce just as many bricks as before. So the people scattered throughout the land of Egypt in search of stubble to use as straw. Meanwhile, the Egyptian slave drivers continued to push hard. Meet your daily quota of bricks just as you did when we provided you with straw, they demanded. Then they whipped the Israelite foreman they had put in charge of the work crews. Why haven't you met your quotas either yesterday or today, they demanded. So the Israelite foreman went to Pharaoh and pleaded with him, please don't treat your servants like this, they begged. We are given no straw, but the slave drivers still demand, make bricks, We are being beaten, but it isn't our fault. Your own people are to blame. But Pharaoh shouted, You're just lazy, lazy. That's why you're saying, Let us go and offer sacrifices to the Lord. 
Now get back to work. No straw will be given to you, but you must still produce the full quota of bricks. The Israelite foreman could see that they were in serious trouble when they were told you must not reduce the number of bricks you make each day. As they left Pharaoh's court, they confronted Moses and Aaron, who were waiting outside for them. The foreman said to them, May the Lord judge and punish you for making us stink before Pharaoh and his officials. You have put a sword into their hands, an excuse to kill us. They weren't impressed. Moses, what did you say? We were going to be delivered and look what's happened. We have to go now every day and search for stubble. For the, to, for the, like there was no straw. They just had to go everywhere through the land. And what did Moses say? Like He had told them, he had said, our God is going to deliver you. And so their deliverance was nowhere in sight. Life had just gotten harder. They were already just at breaking point and things got worse. And Moses asking them for them to be able to go, it appeared to have backfired. And here in verse 22, we see the leaders... They had, 21, they'd they'd come back to um, Moses and and said, you've made a stink in the sight of Pharaoh. Now, that's not good. Anything stinky isn't good, is it? No. You know... Life can be difficult. I know I've said this before. And when you've heard from the Lord and he's spoken a word into your heart and you've received that promise, yes, then everything can be turned upside down in your life. And we go from amazing to you've made a stink in the sight of Pharaoh. It's just that whole... You know, how do we respond to that stinky situation? Everything stinks. You can't see the answer. The answer you thought you had is gone. It's out of your mind. It's just gotten worse. Everything's off. Nothing good is happening. And things are desperate. We ask, why is this happening? And I've just remembered many years ago when we were called to come here to Benalla, and God had given us a verse and, and he'd said that he would, that we would to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, we knew that we were going to go into ministry full time. We were already um, involved in Wodonga, Wodonga's church there, and we were also running uh, outreach from there every weekend down at Chilton. So... When we were called to come here and that it was going to be full time, we were in earth moving. Daryl was flat out working. But we knew God had called us. And, you know, I should have had a clue when I had that verse, stand still 
and see the salvation of God, it's like, oh boy, things are going to be hard. Things, you know, we had the promise to, we were going to come, but things didn't just happen overnight. It was right in the middle of the year, it was June, just gone 20 years. How awesome. <laughs> I love this place, but at the time I was crying. <laughs> Oh, Lord, I'll go anywhere. Ah, that's so true. <laughs> you know, sometimes God's answer, answer isn't what you think. But what blessing, what blessing we've known. But way back then I didn't know that. And so um, the tractor, we had this machine which Daryl um, trucked around everywhere. He travelled everywhere with that machine, like working for different plumbers and... A lot of, lot of K's he did. Very early mornings. I think it's training for the ministry, Daryl, wasn't it? All those broken buckets, all that welding, everything was lovely. No. <laughs> but that was our life. That's what we knew. And God was taking us in another direction. His answer was coming. But, oh, Lord, I would have loved it to be in the next day. Because you know what happened? The truck broke down. No truck. We could not get that fixed because it would have cost so much to get it back on the road. And we had this word in our hearts, we're leaving. So you don't go and buy another truck because you're leaving. So... Okay, we've got this machine that's like costing over a grand a month. Okay, we can't get the truck, the tractor anywhere for work. What do we do? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, that he was going to part the waters that we were going to go through. But Lord, there's payments. We need work. The bank is not going to like us. We did have a few calls. But Daryl got work. He actually got work in that time. Where was that place, Daryl? Korowa. At Korowa. That's where Stinky Charlie lives. Oh, Daryl's got these stories. I shouldn't have mentioned Stinky Charlie. I don't even know who he was. He has these outrageous stories, but I just remembered it was from Korowa. <laughs> anyway, my brother's a plumber, so Daryl had the machine there and was working. But we had a major breakdown. Major breakdown. So all that he worked there had went mostly on fixing that machine, trying to keep the bank happy, as, oh Lord, why can't we sell this machine? Why won't someone buy it? Like now? Why isn't this happening now? Don't we say that? God, why not now? Not yesterday, not tomorrow, now. Now, right now, now, now. That's it. No more. I've drawn the line. That's it. You promised. You said, now we're going to go. So we were coming down here through the week in the night at, for night meetings. Um, we were in the, 
during the midweek and then we come down on, for Sunday morning and for a month or so we were doing Sunday night in Chilton, an 8 o'clock service in Wodonga. It was like crazy. But you know what? They were the best times as far as the God just putting stuff into our hearts. That stretching time, you know, it's through that God just speaks. He just shows you incredible things. But I would just loved it to be easy. So easy. Because I remember before I left, um, like when it came to that we were going to definitely go. Uh, yeah, when you've been in a place a long time, you have that connection. You have such a connection and, and everything's so familiar. But God just ministered to me through that and um, we sold the machine. It was in the December and honestly, oh, we were hanging on by the skin of our teeth. And I just remember that time and God just planted so much in my heart of my trust for him. And without that hard time, I just... I would never have known the faithfulness of God like I did and that growth and um, it was amazing. We did sell it and we moved down in the January and uh, we left our lovely daughter behind. She was starting uh, her course in Wodonga. But all the changes, changes for Stace who was going to have to do year 11 and 12 here, big changes for a teenager to move but I just, I just knew God was going to look after her. And for many years, I, she just didn't have connection. She didn't have friends. And we were praying. We were praying, God, to send that young man. Send him. Where was he? Where was he? <laughs> you should have come sooner. <laughs> for, take me out of all that pain. Of, but no, we prayed. And God had that word that... Um, he was going to be a youth leader and that he would marry Stacy. Isn't that amazing? But that didn't happen overnight. So it's just standing still. Are we going to let the peace of God rule in our hearts? Philippians 4, 6 and 7. This is my most favourite scripture because I worry. And it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Yes, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And John 16.33 says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and difficulties, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen. Now, we come back to chapter 5 in verse 22. What did Moses do in this moment? Remember, the leaders had come to him and told him how terrible it was. Then Moses went back to the Lord and protested, Why have you brought all this trouble on your people, Lord? Why did you send me? 
Ever since I came to Pharaoh as your spokesman, he has been even more brutal to your people and you have done nothing to rescue them. And you know, I relate, we panic and doubt what God first said. You know, because when you look back in Exodus 4.21, when God first came to Moses, he told him what would happen. It said, when you arrive back in Egypt, go to Pharaoh and perform all the miracles I have empowered you to do. But, but, when there's a but, or oh, oh, look out, I will harden his heart. So he will refuse to let the people go. It can be so difficult to have to walk through. It's in the walking through that we can lose sight of his promise. But you must keep on going. You must keep on going. Don't stop. Keep your eyes fixed on him. His promise. His promise is true. Amen. Isaiah 43 verses 2 and 3 says, When you pass through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not burn up. The flames will not consume you. So passing through those times, passing through those difficulties, he is with us. And you know we're going through. Say today, I am going through. I am going through. Moses had to walk through. God had promised, but he could see the people were suffering greatly. They had to meet this quota of bricks every day. The situation had just got worse. And after Moses said to the Lord that Pharaoh had been more brutal and that God had done nothing to rescue them, we read in Exodus 6, 1, this is then the Lord. Exodus 6, 1, then the Lord told Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. When he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let the people go. In fact, he will force them to leave his land. And God said to Moses, I am Yahweh the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty, but I did not reveal my name, Yahweh, to them. And I reaffirm my covenant with them. Under its terms, I promise to give them the land of Canaan where they are living as foreigners. And you can be sure that I have heard the groans of the people of Israel who are now slaves to the Egyptians and I am well aware of my covenant with them. Verse 6. Therefore say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. Eight, I will bring you into the land I swore to give Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. Wow, there he, God 
God is again declaring that powerful word. How amazing. You know, God didn't go crook at Moses because Moses went crook at him. Can you see it? Could you just see that? I can't imagine that. Telling God what what I... (laughs) I couldn't. And so God is just so wonderful. Because he understood Moses and he, uh, he, he remembered him saying, Who am I, God? And, and God, I can't speak. And, and he got him this far. So he wasn't going to wipe him out. And he, he could see what was in Moses. He could see that he could do this. And God can see what you can do. He sees what you're capable of. No matter what you think of you, he sees, he knows. Amen. And so um, he told Moses again of the mighty acts he was going to do. Uh, and um, I just want to read a couple of faithfulness scriptures. Hebrews 6.18 Incredible is his faithfulness to us. God is not a man that he should lie. And Hebrews 10.23 Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope affirm, we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And 1 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9, He will keep you strong to the end so that you'll be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says and he, will, he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you and your descendants uh, of Jacob are not destroyed. So in Exodus 6, as we look at verse 9, how sad this is. This is sad. Moses told the people of Israel all that mighty stuff that God just said, right? But, there's another but. They refused to listen anymore. They had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. And, you know, we may think, wow, after God had declared all those incredible things that he was going to do, how could they feel that way? But, you know, when the pressure, pressure, when that is relentless, When it's day after day and you've been waiting and waiting, you can be discouraged. You can in your situation. And in um, verse 10 of 6, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go back to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and tell him to let the people of Israel leave his country. But Lord, Moses objected, My own people won't listen to me anymore. How can I expect Pharaoh to listen? I'm such a a clumsy speaker. I've been having a few troubles this morning myself. (laughs) Are you all good? You're good? Oh, we get so down on ourselves at times. And Moses was just so worried. How's Pharaoh going to listen? The people won't even listen. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them orders for the Israelites and for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And um, the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. 
We so need the then God moment. Do you remember Joseph? He's been in prison. Had this amazing dream. There's a ma- this dream and the butler, I hope it was the butler, or did he lose his head? Who, who didn't lose their head? The baker? No, the baker lost his head. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just off the cuff here. Two dreams, one good outcome, one bad outcome. The good outcome, the guy said to Joseph, I will remember you to the king. I remember you. (gasps) Two years passed. Two years. I just can't imagine that. That is awful. Here he is in the same situation another two years because one guy forgot. Wait till I get out. (laughs) Sorry, that's a bit of evil coming out. No, I love him, Lord. Anyway, he forgot. Then, then... He remembered, he remembered. And God moved in that situation and that guy told the king about Joseph and he was set free. He was set free in that moment. And we need that God moment. Will we listen when he speaks to our hearts or will we doubt? Moses was struggling. He was doubting because the people weren't listening. He was worried Pharaoh won't listen and he doubts himself as well. Then God. Oh. So the Lord again said, said to him in um, 7, Play, Pay close attention to this. I will make you seem like God to Pharaoh. That was the then moment. God comes back again. He comes back again. Moses was doubting and he said, I will make you seem like God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. Tell Aaron everything I command you and Aaron must command Pharaoh to let the people of Israel leave his country. And then he says to him, but I will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn. So here's the reason why. So I can multiply my miraculous signs and and wonders in the land of Egypt. So God had a reason for that time, didn't he? Because he was going to display his miraculous power and the people of Egypt were just going to be... They'd never doubt that there was a God. They would see that he was real because all of these... um, things that happened to the Egyptians, all those plagues, they never came upon the children of Israel. There was a definite line. And he said, I will raise my powerful hand and bring out the Israelites. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. And we know in the following chapters that that those things happened and that the people were taken out of Egypt and Pharaoh did send them out, didn't he? And um, they came out of Egypt with wealth. The Egyptians blessed them as they went. 
these were their slaves. They had been treated so badly and yet when they went, they were blessed abundantly with all the wealth. And we know that God took them through that Red Sea and that they saw their enemies no more. Amen. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think. And I just pray today, if you're going through, if you're walking through and and you know God has given you that answer, he's given you that promise, it's coming, don't give up. Don't give up. Even if you're feeling discouraged today, take heart because God sees your situation and he can turn it around and he can make a way where there is no way. And I just believe today that, that he just wants to reassure you. He just wants to reassure you. Amen? Don't give up. Oh, Lord, I just thank you today that you know everybody's heart here right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, just bring that reassurance. Lord, just bring them that courage afresh. The God they can go through. The God you will bring them through. And Jesus, you will do all that you have promised. The God, you're not a God that you will lie. You're not a God that you will fail. You're a God that knows our deepest needs. You're a God that will bring that answer, whatever that answer is. Lord, whatever that is on every person's heart today, whatever it is that they're walking through right now, the God, you are greater. You are greater. You are the one who is almighty. You are the one who is able to deliver us from our enemies. And I just pray in Jesus' name, name for that strength for that strength that strength to come as they wait before you today that you'll give them fresh vision, you'll give them fresh courage, you'll give them fresh strength I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Amen Amen